We know that building wealth comes from owning businesses and making investments. Yet why still do nearly half of businesses fail in the first five years, and why do others lose it all in their investments? Welcome to the Wealth Watchers Podcast, your resource for building a massive net worth. We bring real stories from real people who are experts in business and investing, who will share secrets and actionable strategies to amassing wealth and achieving success. Brought to you by Happy Camper Capital. And now, your hosts, Justin Hoggett and Adam Lendy. Welcome back to the Wealth Watchers Podcast. I'm your host, Adam Lundy. With me is my co-host, Justin Hoggett. Justin, how are you today? Hey, Adam. It's a great day to be alive. How are you doing? I'm fantastic. You know, nice nice day on the weekend, Memorial Day weekend. So I'm just remembering those fallen and, uh, you know, looking forward to the coming week here. That's right. So, and of course, having some extra time off with the family, it's always nice. Well, that doesn't hurt either. So, uh, you know, a relevant topic today that you and I had this on the agenda to talk about team building and, uh, you know, growing a team, maintaining a team and just really what people need to do in business um, to either work with the team they've already got or expand to fill a team that they're growing. Um, You know, this is something that I know you've got a lot of relevant experience in in other businesses, and I'd love to touch on some of that today. And then, of course, you know, we'll even share some examples with what we're doing with our business. Um, but really want to give the listeners something of value. So where do we start? Yeah, you know, um, it's it's definitely an interesting topic. And I think it's it's important for, for all sorts of people, especially those starting their own business um, or, or just, um, you know, in any strength in life where you're looking to improve how you're doing things. And when you are uh, when you're stuck you're doing everything yourself, I think it's difficult and you can take a step back and go, how can I improve this process? How can I improve this flow? How can I, you know, in a sense, leverage someone else into getting more done, um, you know, instead of trying to focus on yourself and doing everything yourself? Because I think a lot of times we do that. We go, I can do this, right? It, a pride gets in the way, perhaps. Uh, we say, uh, I have enough time. I can do three businesses. I can work four jobs, whatever. And uh, I'm certainly <laughs> a victim of that thought process. And um, I, as I've talked on the show before, right, that um, that you you can end up losing in the end because you've spent so much time working by yourself for yourself instead of just looking back and going, how can I get help? Well, and it really stunts growth when you try to do everything yourself. When you when you're the CEO, you know the chief everything officer, and you're you're handling all the seats, you know, or all the roles in the company. I mean, it, you're, you're limited to the time in the day between sleeping. You know, I you talk to these entrepreneurs all the time who are working sixty eight hour weeks, and their companies aren't growing, and they're just run ragged. You know, how is that happening on one side? Well, we've got people building, you know billion dollar businesses on the other side and they're taking more days off than they work. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it kind of falls onto the, uh, the left side of the quadrant as we brought up so often, right. The, the, um, entrepreneur that can wants to do everything himself that thinks he's better than everyone else. Right. And, and focusing on how people can help you and bring you back onto that right side is, is certainly important. So, uh, you know, going back on my history, I've I've 
worked with my wife, Melissa, and she and I have been a great team together and playing on each other's strengths. We've uh, helped each other when we are hesitant to try to take care of something. If, you know, one of us will step up, um, you know, that's, that's a short team, you know, husband and wife team, which we hear so many people do as well. That's kind of how some people get started as their own household, um, you know, and family, um, cousins who can do work, that kind of thing. And building a team that, that can do, uh, you know, if we're talking real estate, that can do construction work, that can do, uh, remodels and, and, um, you know, maybe it's the accounting part of things, just varying degrees of, of work that can offload for yourself and allow you to focus on what's important. What's the most important. Well, and, you know, I, I have to say the husband wife team is, you know, but it can be one of the most risky. I mean, it, you, you and Melissa have done a great job of running your real estate business together. And, and I'm sure there have been days that it hasn't been easy, that it's been challenging. Uh, but gosh, working with a spouse adds a whole other dynamic to it because you've got to be able to compartmentalize your personal relationship from the business relationship. That's right. Yeah. And, and uh, married to a wife that's also a therapist, uh, she, of course, has a lot of stories about that and the inability to compartmentalize the the work and the love, you know? And so, yeah, if, it's not for everyone clearly, but, um, but then if it's not, then find that team member that does work for you. So I think that brings us to a great point, which is just, I, I, I thought of an example, of course, when we were talking about the person who does everything in the business and relating that to what we're doing, you know, in happy camper and some of the businesses we're buying, you know, and just like, I, I, I love these, with these RV parks, um, you know, you, you go and you find the mom and pop owner who have done everything right. This, and, and that's a husband and wife team, but it doesn't have to be, it could be an individual, but they're the people who are doing every single stinking thing in the park. They're checking people in, they're cleaning the toilets, you know, they're, they're doing everything that needs to be done. And when we look at these businesses, we've got to hire four people to replace that one person, you know, <laughs> and it, it's, it's, it's amazing how much more efficiently it could have been run if they just had the right team in place in, in, in the front end. But, you know, the property we're closing on here soon right now, I mean, was actually the other side. These folks actually knew how to leverage properly and build a great team, you know? So it's just, how, how do we get somebody from being that solopreneur you know, to the next level, because really they're, they could be the governor on their own growth. Yeah, that's right. And, and then on your touch of the RV park, you know, we've got the mom and pops that have spent, you know, they, they literally will tell you we are working 16 hour days. This is such a good deal. You should buy our park, you know, and, and I don't know, they, they've done it that way for so many years, 20 years, and they get in this rhythm that they feel comfortable and that's great for them you know, if, if that's the way they want to do things, but, uh, but just going into a, a situation where you need to realize that you're not trying to buy yourself a job, you're trying to buy yourself a business and, and realizing that you need to then either build a team or make sure the team's already in place. <clears throat> you know, and it's back to that left side quadrant thinking again, you know, that, that Robert Kiyosaki employee, small business owner thinking, you know, we, people wear it as a badge of honor that they work, you know, more than 40 hours in a week. It's almost like a competition. You go to a party and you talk to somebody, well, I worked, you know, 50 hours last week. Oh yeah, well, I worked 60. You know, it's like, why is this a competition again? You know, who's winning here? 
That's right. Yeah. You know, and if we bring in the right people with the right strengths, we can probably be more productive in our businesses, more profitable and work a lot less hours. Yeah. So let's, let's talk about that. Um, the, the, how about an org chart, right? If like how, let's talk about how to start building the right team. Man, now you're talking my language. So, you know, in my coaching business, this is this has been a pitfall with a lot of businesses. And I'm talking some of these aren't even solopreneurs. Some of these are businesses with 10, 20 employees. They don't have an org chart. They just kind of have brought people in with, you know, maybe no foresight, no planning and have just kind of filled in holes as they've gone along, effectively putting out fires. And they don't have a cohesive team. Not all the jobs are hired. There's redundancy where it doesn't need to be. And, you know, so really the, the first exercise anybody needs to do, it doesn't matter if this is a brand new startup and you're the only person and it seems silly to write an org chart, or if you've already got an established company, it's never too late to get started. So of course the org chart being your hierarchical flow of your company to make sure that everybody is covered and that everybody has somebody they report to. So the exercise I go through with coaching clients when we do this, like I said, doesn't matter day one or if they've already got 10 employees is I have them write the org chart, but what they're not allowed to do is put names on those jobs. So they actually need to go through and identify the tasks that need to be done. They need to assign a role to those. And then after they've made sure that all of the seats are covered, their structures in place, only then are they allowed to put their team members names in. So as you mentioned previously, the position, not the person. Yes, absolutely. We're hiring for the position at the person because the, uh, what the human tendency is, is to go, well, I've, okay, my team is I've got Bob, Sam, and Sally, and I'm going to find jobs that work for them. And what you end up doing is missing roles, double assigning roles, not putting people in the right seats. You're going to cause more frustration for yourself down the road. Now, that doesn't mean you got, you got to get rid of Bob, Sam, and Sally. It just means we need to find the right seat for them. Right. And, and what does it take? Uh, to create that org chart and and how do you focus on on those roles and and assign them appropriately? Yeah, so my favorite way to get started, especially with a newer company, a startup, you know, again, somebody where the solopreneur has been tired of working sixty hours a week and is ready to start leveraging and growing, is making a list of everything they do, everything that needs to be done, whether or not it's currently being done. Um, so all of the jobs in the company are laid out on paper. They group them into cohesive roles that make sense. And they start off, I, th- I think the, the first thing you could do is find what's either not the highest and best use of your time. So what are you doing that is not a top producing activity? Um, and we can talk a little bit more later about, you know, Pareto principle and then, you know, figuring out what your 20% activities are that produce 80% of re- your results. And anything that's not in that should be delegated to somebody else. But the idea being, we're going to start finding that first hire by taking the roles that, you know, again, aren't the best use of your time or just frankly what you don't want to do and finding and then making that role, putting it on the org chart and then hiring someone for that role. Yeah. And maybe what the problem is for a lot of people is knowing when, you know, because it's always hard to take income that you can see and say, well, it would be better to have someone else doing that. Uh, And so that win becomes an all important factor as well. It is. And and you're you're absolutely right. And it's 
this is why you need to have this system in place. You need to have this org chart and always know who the next hire is going to be and set a threshold as to when it happens. So for some businesses, especially if this is a salaried position you're hiring, you may not be able to afford to hire the salaried person right now. It, they might be making more than you are right now. So obviously that could that might not be a feasible move. Um, the idea being that you've got you to basically delineate when that happens. Is it a revenue bar that happens? Is it a sales goal that happens? Is there a certain trigger that makes that happen? Because the other risk is also growing too fast, which is a thing that can happen. If you, if you haven't properly planned for it, you, you can expand quick, too quickly. And if the plan's not in place, now you're hemorrhaging money and you've got, you can have potential culture issues. There, there's a lot that can go wrong with that. So proper preparation is worth it here. Right. Now, when you're, when you've done, when you figured it out, you've, you've created your org chart, you figured out it's now the proper time. Uh, what are some considerations that um, you should put place for those people? So now you know the position. Now, how do you find the right person? Yeah. So, you know, I, I, a tool that I love, and, and I can't take any credit for this. This came out of a book um, called Traction by Gino Wickman. He's got a tool he calls the People Analyzer. Um, this is something I love, especially for the visual leader. Um, it's a table. And what you do is you list everybody who you already have on your team. You know, anybody who you're looking at hiring for your team, if you've already got them, you know, candidates identified, the position that they're going for. And then the very next thing you do is you lay out your core values. Now, of course, this means you have to know your core values. So if you haven't already established your mission, vision, values, you know, it's time to go back and revisit that first. Before we, before we even draw the org chart, that's that's step one. So that, that'll be another episode. Um, but you lay out your core values. And some of those core values are going to be negotiable. And some are going to be not negotiable. You know, if one of your core values is integrity, let's say, I mean, that's probably not a negotiable one. I don't think anybody can in good faith say that that's something that you can pass by. So you identify that as a non-negotiable, but you might have another one, which is, you know, friendly, cheerful, I don't know, something like that. And, and maybe the back office person doesn't need to necessarily be friendly because maybe they don't interface with the public. So maybe that's something that's negotiable, right? And the idea is first you go through and you, you mark each one of these candidates to make sure to see how well they embody those core values. Uh, this is going to be kind of your first bar just to see if there's like, again, the non-negotiables that weed people out, the negotiables that you can look past. And once we've determined people's fit with the core company values, the next thing we're going to look at is their fit with the position that they either already have or that they are applying for. And the way he the way he talks about it in the tool is it's the GWC, the get it, want it, and have the capacity to do it. So you're going to go through each one of those candidates or current employees and say, do, do they get the job they have or which they're applying for? Do they really want it? And do they have the capacity to do it? Now, these are non-negotiables because if they don't have those three things, it's going to be miserable having them in that seat. It doesn't necessarily mean you have to get rid of them. It might just mean that they're in the wrong position and we need to find something that they do fit into the GWCs. Got it. You know, and I can equate that to a little bit of football. And, um, you know, when you have certain players, uh, I mean, we've all heard it before, you know, a quarterback goes to tight end, right? That's a, a very recent story in the news. Um, but that that team member might not be the best fit for that position. So um, again, you don't have to 
remove the person from your team, but just maybe readjusting them to the, the right position. Yeah, that's just it. I've, I've got a, a coaching client of mine who is going through a shift like that right now. And I, I, I can't say too much, just given the confidentiality I owe this guy. But, uh, you know, we realized that there's this position that he had an opportunity for that he was really waffling on. And as we worked through it, we realized it was going to be a way better fit for his strengths, you know. And and so I, I helped him self-realize this, um, you know, but uh, it's just... It, it, you don't you don't always see it sometimes when you're in it you know that that you might be in the wrong seat or that you have somebody in the wrong seat because they've been there forever you know so this is something that is not just done one time this is an ongoing activity i would think minimum of yearly to go through the team and really just make sure that you still got people in the right seats because people are going to grow people are going to shift and change you know we're, we're constantly changing animals yeah and and i think that's a good point is is sometimes you get blinded and sometimes some of that is from people that you know, maybe it's family even, and emotion sometimes gets in the way, right? If you've had an employee for a couple of years and and it's just not working, you know, sometimes that emotion needs to be put aside for a moment and realize like, this is not good for anyone. This is not good for them. It's not good for us. The, the productivity's maybe gone down. Uh, maybe they'd be happier still within the company in another position. But when you realize that the person might not be the best fit, I think it's important to to realize that, um, talk about it. It could be a, a matter of training. Uh, in that case, then then take take your training and either improve yourself with that or improve them, um, or um, talk about it. You might have to fire them, might have to just move them, but um, doing what's best for the company um, is important because if you don't have that right culture, the right person uh, in the right position, then it's actually going to be be more of a problem. So being cognizant of that. Yeah. The wrong person in the wrong seat, even if they're a right fit for the rest of the company can absolutely devastate the culture. So, you know, and especially if they're the wrong fit for the company, they can be, a, they can be cancerous. So, you know, it's, it's one of those things we constantly need to be analyzing this and we could do a whole other episode on, on hiring and firing, you know, I mean, right. and, and why you should hire slow and fire fast, but you know, that's, that, that's, I think for another day. Uh, one thing I kind of want to, I kind of want to go back to the beginning on, because uh, again, for some people who are, you know, early on in their business, newer companies, the idea of hiring anybody right now might be difficult. I, most small business owners fall below the median income of salaried earners. So, you know, the idea of bringing somebody on that they have to pay is, you know, I should say a salary anyhow, is probably not even an option. So, you know, what are some other ways that we can build a team? Yeah. You know, um, we've all heard of VAs. That's a, that's an option. Um, sometimes they, they are very good with leveraging their own time because they're working for a lot of different people. Um, con, uh, contractors, you know, that's a big one. You know, it's, it's something we use a lot of in, in our varying degrees of real estate and, um, or, or just simply part-time. Some people actually prefer that. And I have, I have a guy that works for me that that is literally his highest focus and value is not what he gets paid. It's what allows him to have the time off when he wants it. And so don't focus on just full-time salary, whatever could, could actually be a great position for someone that just wants a little bit of extra work. Absolutely. Um, and, and that's, I think it's, it's a common overlooked thing to think that when, you know, this is hired help per se, this is your team. 
you know, it doesn't, doesn't matter what role you're in. If you hire a VA, they are your team. So the same processes apply, you know, making sure that they're right fit because they are going to be representing and building your brand, you know, so just making sure that again, those right people are in the right seats, but also just thinking about the ways that you can grow your team that don't necessarily require you to pay for benefits and pay a salary to somebody, you know, so the, the, your org chart can absolutely include third-party contractors. That's right. Yeah. And, and it can mean, you know, one, one person could be, if, if you have enough time for someone that's a full-time, that could be great, but maybe they're not a strength for all the items that you actually need done. So again, getting the part-time, getting the uh, one guy that's maybe 15 hours a week, another one that's 25 hours a week. It doesn't have to be just one person. Yeah. Well, and I think a, a great case example we can give of this is Happy Camper Capital and and the way we're growing our team out right now. You know, we, we, some of the positions we're looking to fill don't currently warrant a full-time person, you know. Um, so a great example is admin help. You know, we're working with a contractor on that right now to to cover the stuff that's not the highest and best use of our time, the stuff that's not our strengths. That's right. And we're also uh, looking for for other positions for the park as well. Um, Director of operations, for example, uh, knowing that we can't do it all and we don't want to do it all, right? I mean, just focusing on who can be a better fit for some of these positions that are required. Yeah, my my goal is to go against what I was sharing earlier. I want to be the one who shows up at the party and says, hey, I worked 10 hours last week. Beat that, you know, and I I want it to be a race to the bottom. So that's, that's where we're headed. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) So I I suppose I kind of in closing, Justin, I just kind of want to share, you know, how how we're taking our next move and and seeing if that's maybe, you know, something that could give somebody else some foresight, you know, that again, we're taking a business where you and I have have absolutely tapped our capacity, you know, for what we can do effectively building two businesses, you know, and both Happy Camper and Beyonder Camp. Um, and really, if you really break that down, it's three businesses, but, uh, you know, and the way we're looking to grow our team. So like I mentioned, we're hiring a director of operations right now. Um, and if anybody of course wants to know more about that, the job's posted on LinkedIn, uh, you can find it under happy camper capital. Um, and just, you know, just kind of, and we'd love to share the opportunity that we're looking to present and really our vision with growing a team and, and helping bring other people into our vision. That's right. Yeah. So um, in closing, you know, the, the biggest considerations in growing the team is getting that org chart in place, you know, making sure that we know what responsibilities need to be handled and by who, identifying who that next hire is going to be. But most importantly, the idea is here, we got to have that leverage in place. Otherwise, we're really limited on how much we can grow and when we can get out of this business. Um, you know, because it, as much as we might love what we do, it's the, the plan needs to be to build a legacy, make this thing so it can go on so it doesn't die with you. Yeah, and you don't, everyone wants to grow. Um, you don't want to stay stagnant. Everyone wants to continue forward. And, and realizing that you can't do it alone, again, is, is probably the most important part, right? Because you're, you're only limited, like you said, by the time of the day. And, and growing that team that will stand with you, you create that, that culture that you need and build around that, you'll be infinitely more successful. And, and just look at the big corporations out there. They're proof of that. Yeah. 
And I, and I, I, the reframe I have for anybody who says that nobody else will care about their business as much as they do. And this is a passion project and, you know, they're, they're the, the, the solo operator, you know, till they die. I mean, you know, th think about the opportunities that you're squandering your business from growing because you will not be in it forever. You know, is it, is it going to end when you do, or is it going to keep going? And the only way it's going to keep going is if you build the right team under you. Yeah. And, and people love responsibility as well. You know, like you can, you can worry about whether they're going to take care of the job and um, what kind of person they are. But, you know, in reality, like everyone wants to be a part of something great too. So building, building the team, <clears throat> being something bigger and better than just yourself is important for people and showing people the way I think is a great thing as well. Yeah. Well, and if somebody listening wants to build something great with us, again, we are currently seeking a director of operations um, for our campground management side of our business. So if that is something that appeals, or if you know somebody who would be a fantastic fit, who's a visionary and really likes being outdoors, um, you know, have them just direct them over to our LinkedIn page, Happy Camper Capital. Um, like I said, we're actively seeking talent right now and looking for somebody to join the team. Yeah, looking forward to it. Okay, Justin. Well, hey, great chatting with you today. Um, you know, hopefully we got we, we shared some insight and values with our listeners here. And of course, if anyone has any questions for us about building a team, I, this is my passion. I love talking about it. Uh, you can email me direct, adam at happycampercapital.com or just reach out through our website. Yeah, you can also reach out to me as well. Um, Justin at happycampercapital.com. All right. Well, thanks for the conversation today, Justin. Have a great day. All right. You too, Adam. Have a good one. This has been another episode of the Wealth Watchers podcast. Thanks for listening. I'm your host, Adam Lundy. And from Justin Hoggett, have a great day. All right, guys. Until next time. Thank you for listening to Wealth Watchers. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and leave us a review on your podcast player of choice. If you found value in this episode, please share it with one person you know who could benefit from these tools and strategies. For more information on Wealth Watchers, please visit happycampercapital.com.